at all these beautiful people. Wave is here in the house. Jonathan right over there. It's my buddy right here. Listen, today, um, next, next Sunday, we, we celebrate our four years, and I'm starting a brand new series called Why Am I Here? And so we're going to answer a lot of questions. It's going to be all of November, and what it's going to do is going to share our vision going into 2022. I figured we get ready early. Amen. I believe that God has something special for us next year. And so come expecting next week. Come and just say, listen, I'm going to go to church every Sunday in November because I think you're not going to want to miss this series that I'm writing. And so come on out next Sunday. Why am I here? We're going to answer lots of questions. But today I've got a one-off message for you called Full of Faith. Everybody say faith. Wow, that's good. Have you ever met someone that you just know they are full of faith? They can believe for anything. They pray. They're a solid believer. And you just know if you need prayer, you go to that person. Anybody? We all know that person, right? Maybe it's our mom, our grandmother, father, sibling, friend at work. But we have those people in our life that are full of faith. Guess what, church? I believe New Hope is full of people, full of faith. My grandmother was full of faith. She, she would pray for us all of the time. And I believe her prayers are still being answered. And she grew up, um, didn't have a lot. Then she got married, had five kids. She took care of five kids all by herself in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. And then guess what? This 100-pound, five-foot-nothing, you know where I get my height. She was, she was a ball of faith. She was full of faith. She started her own business. She was awesome. She went to be with Jesus in 2007. And I can just imagine, we're going to skip a couple scriptures, I think. 2 Timothy 4, 7 to 8. Sorry, guys, I skipped a couple. 2 Timothy 4, 7 to 8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. Verse 8. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. She was full of faith. I don't know about you, but I want to be full of faith. I want to get there and, and hear the words, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I remained faithful. So we're going to go back up to the top. Hebrews has this amaz amazing idea, thought on faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Are you walking in such a way that you are hoping that you have 
evidence that maybe you can't see, but you're walking anyway? Anyone? You're like, I don't know about the next step, but I'm going to walk anyway. You thought I was going to do it, right? A little bit further on in there, verse 6, Hebrews eleven six, 6, and it is impossible. Everybody say impossible. It is impossible to please God without anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Man, there's so many heroes throughout the Bible, isn't there? There's Moses and Abraham was full of faith and Noah. Noah built an ark when there hadn't even, it hadn't even rained ever. <laughs> what kind of faith did this guy have? And everybody was making fun of him. Jacob, Jonah, Esther, and so on and so forth. There's so many people full of faith. And today I want to speak about a mother of one of these people who was also full of faith. And you maybe heard me speak about her. She's one of my favorite characters, one of my favorite people in the Bible. Her name is Jochebed. You're like, who in the world is this person? Who is this person? You remember Moses? It's Moses' mom. And she's not a hero in the faith because she bore Moses. That's all good. But because of her over-the-top faith, because of the story that you we're going to talk about today, she had faith and she didn't know defeat because she knew who her God was and what he was going to do because she was, what, full of faith. I'm talking sustaining faith. I don't mean, we've heard of the, there's a couple different ones, right? There's, there's saving faith. Right? I know who Jesus is. I'm going to follow him. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven when I die. Amen. Hopefully we all have saving faith today. But do you have sustaining faith where you say, man, when the road gets tough, when the storms roll in, I'm going to have faith and know that what God promised me last week will happen next week. What God told me when I was a kid will still happen, will still come to fruition. Do you have sustaining, long-term provision, support kind of faith? You know, I think a lot of times Christians like the safe space, right? You've heard of safe space, like recently in the news, I'm sure a couple years ago, there's safe space at this place and at that place. But no, no, I think Christians... We get in this safe space, we're like, I'm happy where I'm at. I love Jesus. I go to church. I preach with the pastor. We got a young one back there who's going to preach. No, no, I'm talking about are you okay with living out on the limb? Are you okay with walking out on the water with Jesus kind of faith? Because it's easy to hang out in the boat with everybody else, right? Oh, you look normal in the boat. But when Jesus says, no, no, step out onto the water. I have something that you need to have faith for. And you know what? I believe 
people are like, well, that takes a special person. Well, then there's everybody in the room special. Because I believe that God is calling all of us to get out of the boat and to walk with Jesus and to have faith, believing. I don't mean have faith like, oh, I'm going to be a millionaire. That's great. That's not the kind of faith I'm talking about. I I believe that you're going to be healed of cancer kind of faith. I believe that your marriage that feels like it's going downhill will be brought back together. I believe that the kid who's far away from Jesus will come home and will say, welcome home. Amen? That kind of on-the-limb, crazy, full of faith. It's easy to be comfortable, right? Oh, it's so comfortable. Right? My safe place. Let's pray. We're going to jump in. Lord, thank you so much that we get to come and hear your word. Lord, I pray you speak to us, speak to your church. Let us be people who are full of faith. Lord, I pray that those who, and myself even, that maybe we maybe want to give up sometimes. We want to throw in the towel, Lord, that we, today, we get our faith back. And we step out and we walk outside the boat with you. In Jesus' name, let us be full of faith. Amen. So today we're going to talk about a strong mother. Is there any strong mothers in the house? Where's our moms? Come on, let's give it up for our moms. Come on, we can do better than that. We've got some amazing moms, and and my wife, who is the best mom, sorry, she is out mothering your kids right now while you can be in here. They have their PJs on, they're eating pancakes, and I'm guessing she might even have Esther strapped to her, so she is a mom of the moms. No, I get to say that, you know, it's my wife. But Jochebed, the mother that we're going to be talking about today, had bold faith, and her faith changed her whole surroundings, her whole world. And you're like, well, Pastor Landon, she's in the Bible, it's written down. Guess what, moms, dads, kids? You can have that faith, too. You can change the world, too. She was a Hebrew in ancient Egypt. You probably know this. Joseph's family showed up there about 400 years before. And it was amazing. Go back and read it. It's in Genesis, the later part of Genesis. It's an amazing story. They show up, and guess what? They forgot about who Joseph was. So they enslaved the Hebrew people. For a very long time, they built their, them cities and pyramids and all sorts of things was built by these slaves. And they grew in number, and they grew in number, and Pharaoh's like, oh no, they're going to take us over. So he sent down a decree and said, we need to get rid of some of these males. So if we have any two years or under, dispose of them. 
And so that's kind of where we pick up the story here in Exodus. Can we stand for the reading of the word today? I'll read it, but we can stand here. Exodus 2, 1 to 10. About this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months because she knew what the decree was, right? Verse 3. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. Verse 4. The baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When, when the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take the baby and nurse him for me. The princess told the baby's mother, I will pay you for your help. So she got paid to nurse her own baby who they wanted to dispose of. How amazing is our God. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted, who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses. For she explained, I lifted him out of the water. You may be seated. So today I want to go through a few ideas for you. Five, if you want to write them down somewhere on your phone, on a piece of paper, on your arm, as most high schoolers will do. Number one, the trial of her faith. Listen, you know that today, it may feel like your faith is a little bit on trial. You're like, hmm, I wonder if they're going to step up here. The, the conditions described in the first two chapters of Exodus indicate that indeed those were dark days for the children of Israel. Everything looked hopeless for the Hebrew slaves. And if all these male children were murdered, guess what? In a couple generations, they would be wiped off the planet. It's like every generation, every group of people wants to wipe out the Jews. What's going on here? Must be God's people, right? We read all through the Old Testament, even in the last century, there was a maniac who tried to as well. Everything looked hopeless for the Hebrew slaves. And if all the male children were, that would happen to them, they would be taken out. So, Jochebed had no fear of man. Why? Because she was full of... You know, imagine being in her situation as a mom. We've got some moms in the house. Imagine, you're like, okay, if I have a boy, they're going to take him. 
imagine getting into your sixth month and seventh month and eighth month, and then you're at your nine, you have the baby, it's a boy. But you know what? She didn't give up. And surely it was a trial for her. Have you been tried before? And guess what? A lot of times we fail miserably. But you know what? A lot of times God is allowing us to go through these trials, the Bible says, of many kinds, so that we can have faith. So our faith in him can rise up and that we can learn and that we can grow in our faith. Jochebed's faith was on trial. What would she do? But instead of fear and despair, she had confidence and hope. Listen, church, I know that maybe even this morning you're thinking about Monday and Tuesday and you're, there's something that you're going through. There's a situation in your life. But guess what? Let faith rise up. Let confidence and hope rise up in you because God wants to see you through it. Don't give up just because you're on trial. The Bible promises that we'll have lots of them. Look what it says in 1 Peter 5.10. Maybe I didn't put it in there. Oh, I did. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, anybody suffered before? He will restore, he will support and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. Number two. Look at this. Write this down. The foundation of her faith. Do you know why Jochebed did so well in this situation? Because of the foundation she built her life on. She built her life on God. She built her life on the promises that she heard from Abraham. God said, I will make, make my um, people as numerous as the specks of sand on the seashore. So she's like, well, it's not going to end for God's people. And I'm part of the promise. I'm a Hebrew. So she knew who she was. She knew whose she was. And she said, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to have this foundation, and it's going to help me build on it. And I'm going to have faith. So what are you building your life on today? What's your foundation this morning? Is it on Jesus and his promises? Or is it on fear and anxiety? Our culture, like the news, it's like perfect, right? Like, oh, what do people fear? All right, let's talk all about it on the 5 o'clock news. What are they anxious for? Let's put it on Facebook. Let's take their attention. The enemy's like, let's take our, their attention away from God. Church, we, if we don't have our house built on the rock and on the firm foundation of Jesus, we will fail. When the winds and the storm comes in and we build it on sand, we built, built it on 
maybe our cultural norm. Oh, whatever's culturally acceptable. That's what I'm going to build my foundation on. No. We're going to build our foundation on Jesus, the rock of ages. Listen, maybe you're in a, a tough spot right now. Maybe you do feel lost. You may feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. But do you know not just Jochebed had promises from God, you have promises from God. You're like, I don't know any of them, Pastor Landon. Read your Bible. They're in there. The Bible says you are a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You are righteous. You are God's sons and daughters. Listen, most parents want good for their children. Right, Isaac? Arrow. You want good for Arrow. You want to help her. You want to bless her. Listen, there's a lot of good parents in here, and you want good things for your children. Guess what? Our Heavenly Father wants so much more than we could even imagine. And so if we're building our foundation on something else and not on God, then we're going to fail each time. Look what it says in Psalm 34.10. The... There you go. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Isn't that awesome? It's kind of interesting that lions could grow hungry. They can literally just get out there and take, take any animal they want. <laughs> but even if they go hungry, those who follow the Lord, those who seek his face, lack no good thing. Jochebed, guess what? She knew God's promises. She knew where her foundation was. Do you know your identity in Christ? Do you know where your foundation is? If you don't, you can today. Jochebed knew the children of Israel could not perish, for that would deny the very promise that God gave Abraham in Genesis 12. Jochebed knew also that God had foretold the bondage of Egypt, which they were now experiencing. And she also knew that they would get out of captivity, and there was a place called the Promised Land. And she's like, oh no, it's not going to stop here with me in Egypt. God has more for the Hebrew children. God has salvation in way of a Red Sea moment. You have a Red Sea moment coming to. Amen? Number three, the exercise of her faith. Number three, the exercise. Any, anybody exercise? We got, we got like three people. Come on, church. Who goes to McDonald's? No, I was kidding. The exercise of her faith. She didn't just talk about it. She put her faith into action. You know that God is capable of doing anything. But you know a lot of times he wants to speak to his people and say, Okay, you know the truth. You know the foundation. You know your identity in Christ. But will you take the step? Will you act on it? 
He challenges us. Look, James 2.26, the exercise of her faith. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. But pastor, I don't need to do good works, right, to get into heaven? No, you don't. It's all what Jesus did on the cross. But guess what? He is calling you to do good works. He's calling you to act on your faith. If you are full of faith, you should be out there doing something about it. You should be blessing people. You should be challenging your kids. Jochebed had such a deep faith in God and his word, and it drove her to action. Right? We're getting to the basket part. Moms, this would be the, I couldn't imagine. I have a five-year-old, or five-month-old. She'll be five. I think she's five months going on five years old. Emma is 11 going on 20. Please pray for me. Please, please pray for John and Rose, the grandparents. We are in for it. But I could not imagine it would be very difficult to have that much faith. Right? And then it's, it translates to us, I feel like. And God's asking us for just little simple things. Would you tithe? Oh, I don't know. I'm scared. He's asking her to give up Moses. Put him in a basket in a river. I don't think God's going to ask any of you that. Okay, cool. We're not that kind of church. But what is God asking you that terrifies you? Or have you silenced God so much that you don't hear it anymore? You know what terrified me? Moving to this building. Yeah. Because I had people saying, well, it's not going to work. That person over here, oh, you're not going to, you guys aren't going to be able to do it. Oh, that's way too big of a place. Oh, you, they won't give enough. There's not enough people. God doesn't care. He's asking us to step out in faith. And this isn't Landon's kingdom over here, okay? Don't say Landon's church, please. This is God's house, God's place. Amen? But what terrifies you? Man, with Peter, it was stepping out of the back of that boat. He's like, I've never walked on water before. Jacob is like, I've never put my kid in a basket before. Me, I'm like, I've never been a pastor before of big people. I'm little. I was a youth pastor, that's what I'm saying. But they were kind of, they're bigger than me too. Right? Like, Pastor Landon, I never spoke up there before. I'm sure David was like terrified the first time he came into the prayer time. I don't know, maybe he wasn't. Every time. Right? 
was it uh, someone who did prayer recently? He's like, I was up at 3 a.m. <laughs> was that you? I forget who it was. So it was uh, Pastor Mark. He's like, I was up at 3 a.m. the night before I did the prayer. God was speaking to me. Listen, just because you haven't done it before doesn't mean it can't be done. Because God knows that it can be done. Exercise your faith. Step out. Right? Amen. I'm, I don't, I'm gone on a rabbit trail, and I liked it. Number four, the response to her faith. You know that God, there's a response to our faith? There is a response. When we act in faith, something changes. God comes through. You know, I remember uh, just over four years ago, I remember Holly and Tim were there. I was speaking a message, and in the middle, I, I revealed where we were moving. And I said, I'm going to need everybody's help. We're gonna, everybody's got to serve. We're not going to be a church that 20% of the people serve. So guess what? Everybody said, we're in. I want to serve. But if we didn't step out, if those people didn't step out and be like, our pastor's crazy, but we're all in too, <laughs> then who knows? Would people have been baptized that were? People who got saved, would they have been saved? I don't know. The response to her faith. There was something supernatural and miraculous taking place here. This was God responding to the faith of a mother who dared to trust him. I dare you, church, to trust God. I dare you, church, to be full of faith. I dare you, church, to get up in the morning and say, God, what do you have me do today? And I believe he'll give you the tools to accomplish it. Imagine that basket, She's, the daughter sees it go down. There's a response in God. When the little crib was brought to Pharaoh's daughter, she saw that it was a little Hebrew baby, and she knew, wait, didn't my dad decree that all these little guys be disposed of? We must remember that the young woman was the king's daughter and that the hatred for the Israelites was bred into her very core from the beginning. But guess what, people? When we step out in faith, God changes hearts. Amen? When we're full of faith, God goes before us. You're like, how am I going to do this? No, no, he goes before us. He's got it worked out. He'll take care of it. And then the last one, if someone wants to come and play, the last one here, the reward, number five, the reward of her faith. Everybody say reward. The reward of her faith. We have now seen the trial of Jacobed's faith, the foundation of her faith, the exercise of her faith, the response to her faith. But do you know that genuine faith Faith also has rewards. Jochebed got to feed and raise Moses. 
wait, God, you mean I gave them over to you and you gave them back to me? A lot of times we just want to hold our hand out like this, like, I don't know if I give it up, I won't give it back, get it back. We hold on to whatever it is tightly. Her son was spared. That's a reward. And you know that the reward of our faith doesn't just change our little world. It changes the world. Imagine in eternity those Hebrew children who eventually, because Moses was spared, and then he was Partially, he at first he wasn't full of faith. He's like, I don't know, God, if I can do it. It's like, dude, look at your mom, look what she did. But the reward of his faith too was that he went in and said, God said, let my people go. And then eventually they went, and they were freed from 400 years of oppression. Talk about oppression. That's major. 2 Timothy 4, 7 to 8. That's what we read earlier. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained, what? Faithful. Will God find you in a place of faith? Will you remain faithful, church, till the end? It's easy to be faithful in a moment, but will you be faithful long-term? Faithful to your spouse, faithful to your work, faithful to your relationship with Jesus, faithful to your church, faithful to your kids, faithful to whatever God's calling you to be faithful to. In verse eight, and now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly, eagerly look forward to his appearing. Come on, let me, can you stand just for a moment? I want to challenge you. So what will you do? Will you be full of faith? Will you put your foundation in the right place? What are you believing for? What are you stepping out for? Are you living in a safe place? Or are you ready to step out and walk with Jesus on the water? At the end, will you be known for making your your surroundings comfortable or will you at the end be known for your faith I believe you're going to be known for your faith can I pray for you today Lord thank you that we get to hear this word today 
Lord, help us to be full of faith, even when it's scary, even when the, the clouds get dark, even when the tunnel seems like there's no end. Lord, you go before us. Lord, I pray that you go before us. Lord, that we know that you came and you went before us on the cross, that, Lord, your light shines in the darkness. And so, Lord, I pray that that light continues to go beyond where we're at at this point as we are faithful. You're faithful. We know that, Lord. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, let's celebrate today.